0: the Y-Hockey Periodical podcast, trade deadlines passed, all of the new acquisitions played last night, recording this Friday after the Canadiens game, and who better to talk about this Panthers season and everything that's going on than one of our favorites, Bill Lindsay, Panthers Radio NHL Network. How are you doing, Billy? Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. Everything's
1: going good. I uh, appreciate
0: yeah, it. getting ready for this
1: stretch run, getting ready for some playoff hockey.
0: I appreciate it, and I, I first want to say this, this is no offense to Randy Moeller, I do miss you on TV. I do.
1: <laughs> That's good. It's fun. It's, uh, it's, you know, the radio side and NHL network uh, for me keeps me busy. So enjoy doing that. But you know what? As long as we're here, down here, and the team's winning, it's all good for, for everyone. And Randy does a good job as well. And Goldie. So we, we got, uh, I appreciate the comment there. But on both sides, we got it all covered. And we're all really pumped up about what's happening this year.
0: How could you not be? Yeah, it's hard not to. What they've really done
1: with the ownership is committed, bought in. Bill Zito, GM, he's been very aggressive ever since he's got here. All the moves that he's made so far has been able to pay off. They've been able to utilize everyone, insert them, and Bill Zito's really changed around this. They had this core to build around. Eklad Huberto, and Barkov, and they were getting pieces and pieces, but Bill Zito came in was able to add three or four pieces. Then this year he added a couple more. Now at the trade deadline, three more new pieces come aboard. So it's been very aggressive by Bill Zito
0: to ramp this up and get the Panthers in this position that we're at now. I want to start by asking you about this. As a member of the 96 team, obviously well-loved and well-remembered, but I think you and everybody else associated with that team is happy that there's going to be another team in Panthers history that will be well-remembered and fondly appreciated of course they haven't done anything in the playoffs yet but from your perspective as somebody being part of that team and watching this team do what it's doing how do you feel as a as part of that con, con, comparing and contrasting I guess the legacy of that team to what could be the legacy of this one if they go on a big run well 96
1: a lot it's a long time ago we had a started up here 93 got it going it was a lot of fun in those early years and we go to the Stanley Cup final in the third year was quite a run with some really good guys and we down in South Florida kind of exploded the scene and then we had the years of futility that kind of got wasted away just could never find consistency made the playoffs very sporadically Then they made the playoffs last year with a really good team, and they followed up this year with an even better year. This is the most talented group that the Panthers have ever iced. And for me, you go back to 96, and uh, I'm a Panther by heart, so I want new memories. I want to see this team win a Stanley Cup. Eventually, that's my dream. When I was playing, that was my dream and wasn't able to realize it. And the only being part of the organization and being around it for so long, I've become a big-time fan of all these players and what they're doing. So I would love them to recreate some, some awesome memories that has been already this last year and this regular season, just watching these talented players grow and develop right before our eyes. And now they got a chance to really put a stamp on it and do something in the playoffs. But if the ultimate reward is a Stanley cup, heck half the fans don't even remember 96. It's so far the the 20-year-olds and people that are in 20- to 30-year-old things don't even remember back then. So I'm really dying for some new memories and some new heroes and everything. This Panther team deserves it. The Panther fans deserve it. It's been a long time. So, yes, 96 is is a memory that is – well, it will always live on. It was part of it. But as a franchise, you ultimately just want to see that Stanley Cup lifted above everyone's head.
0: And I guess the good news is we have YouTube, and all the games are on YouTube at this point, so people can watch if they want to.
1: Yeah, you ain't died back into it, yeah. But it was so long, yeah. That they need, they need new memories, and what that really creates that is, you have the good regular seasons, but everyone, the the playoffs are where you get all the recognition. And o has been talked about as underrated. Barkov's talked about about as underrated. Now they're getting on the radar. Barkov wins a Selkie Trophy. Cubero is in the conversation this year for the most valuable player. But if you go on a run, when you become, when you get the, all the praise and get all the glory from everyone and you get the recognition is when you do stuff in the playoffs and you have a really good playoff. So that's the next step for all these guys is that they have to perform when it matters most. They got to be able to win some playoff series and trying to move on. And those, that's what everyone remembers 96 because it was the playoffs and advancing on and on and that's why this team the recognition for all these players if they want all that recognition they want to be in the spotlight then they have to win playoff rounds to get on the national stage and if you do get to a stanley cup championship and win a stanley cup then you'll go down in war and forever in history as a stanley cup champion which is Every, which is what every player wants when they get in the league. You dream of playing in the NHL, you dream of staying in the NHL, and then your last dream is winning the Stanley Cup. So we'll see if this team is able to do that. But there's a, there is, as great as this regular season is, there is a lot of pressure on this team once it gets to the playoffs.
0: It is amazing to think about a team, and, we, and there's been a lot of discussion about that, about how Panthers fans actually would react to various different scenarios in the playoffs I, I don't want to talk about that now i guess because we're not there yet but it is so interesting for a team that has you know that's gone the way that it has to have not won a playoff series in 26 years it's a weird combination in this sport i don't think we're ever going to see it again but i want to talk about this team just firstly because i think we should appreciate how insane this team has been in the regular season it it's it set in records that the last team that was able to do that was a team your 96 team beat in the playoffs funny enough i always find Every time the 96 penguins are brought up that, that, oh, they lost to the Panthers in that in that playoff series in the Eastern Conference Finals. But when you think about this team in the regular season, a lot of talk is I've seen from people who are very smart about the game are trying to figure out what is exactly the secret sauce of this team and why has it been able to be just so good? It was good last year and this year they've taken another step up. It, they have obviously an incredibly amount of talented players. But what is the secret sauce, do you think? Or is there? Is it just... This is the right combination of players at the right time with the right staff around it? Or is there something that they do that allows them to elevate beyond the fact that they're already an incredibly talented team? Because when everybody comes in, no matter their pedigree otherwise, their level goes up.
1: Yeah, you come in, the evaluation of this team, if you watch them play, the real secret to their success is that they're able to push the tempo and go after it. When they're playing their best hockey, when they go for three periods, they they play four lines, which to me is critical in this league. You don't have to play your superstars 24 minutes a night up front. You can get them around 18, 19 minutes. And I that's, to me, when I believe the top guys are the most – Successful when they're around 18 19, and the bottom guys, the fourth line guys, play 12 13 minutes. They have a defined role on this team. They know that they're going to come to the rink, they're going to know that they're, they're going to get ice time. And what happens is that their third and fourth lines many nights are the separator. The third and fourth lines, the depth, the other teams just don't have the depth that the Panthers have. So you have the superstar quality in the first couple of lines, then the third and fourth lines. Are able to play and play a lot. A lot of teams really, real, really rely on their top guys to, to carry the load. You look at a team like Edmonton, with their top guys and how much they have to handle. But that's not the case here. So if, if they roll line after line, and they, they can play with such pace and tempo that maybe a team can keep up for you with a period or two periods. But try keeping up for three periods when they're at their best. It's almost impossible because they're fresh and it's 45 second shifts get off the ice next line goes out there and it just keeps coming wave after wave after wave and they basically just suffocate the opponent you hear that you hear that term time and space a lot when they're skating and moving they take away that time and space there's just not a lot of room for the other team to operate and they have the puck on their stick all the time they're doing stuff you haven't seen since the mid 80s goal scoring wise if they do end up on the season with over 4 goals per game and over 36 shots on net that's only been done 5 times in the history of the NHL and the last team to do it was the 82 83 Flyers so you're talking about record kind of numbers that this team is starting to exploit but it's a high oct it's just octane high fuel it's it's a it's the Ferrari of the of the NHL. Colorado's out there, they might be a Lamborghini, but this team, it's the speed with which they play at and the ability, the opponents, and they can do it with their bottom guys as well, even their defensemen and their pairing. so
0: it's all about the ability to play with pace and push it for three periods. I think that what has really stood out to me is there are nights when this team has played another team in the NHL, and made them look like they don't belong in the NHL. And that does not happen. In a salary cap era where talent is evenly distributed in theory, you watch the Panthers and they make other teams not look like NHL teams. And I, I haven't been watching hockey for all that long. Not nearly as long as you've played it, other people who've been you know, following this team. But that to me is what was striking. And it's happened more than at least more than I could count on one hand. When teams have just gotten blown out of the building and you're like, man, that should not happen in an NHL game. And yet, it'll happen every now and again. But then they're hanging nine spots on teams and it looked like they could score three more. Like, that to me is what stood out. Yeah, it's pretty –
1: that's what's stunning to watch when you watch this group play, that they can score goals like that and do it against some of the opponents and just obliterate opponents on some nights. And they have the ability – to play whatever kind of style if you want to run and gun and just go back and forth and play the rush game they they're they're able to do that they also they're pretty menacing on the forecheck they got a feverish forecheck that gets after it and they'll put pressure on the defenseman they're able to work the cycle plays down low get traffic in front of the net and if they want to punch you in the mouth, the Panthers will punch right back. And that's what kind of really gets me excited about the playoffs is that they have the ability to play a physical style. They got some guys that will punish you physically. They'll grind it out they'll, down deep in the corners. They'll win those 50-50 battles. So it's all the talent that they got on this team, but it's a real strong work ethic that goes with it. And that's how we got to the finals in 96, not with as much talent. But with work ethic that was off the charts, we would outwork everyone. And that's how, how we were able to do it. But this Panther team, the work ethic is similar to what we had to 96, but the talent is far superior. So when you combine work ethic with talent, it, you get the kind of product and success that they're having this season. And it's a ha- what was lacking, in my opinion, was off the ice, the chemistry off the ice and playing for the guy, each other. It always seemed that there was problems in the locker room. There was some dissatisfaction. There was always something going on. And all of a sudden, this group gets together. You get Hornquist in there. You bring Thornton. Now you bring Flo Giroux. The leadership in the room is real strong. These guys get along for each other, and they're playing for the guy beside them. Everyone's working so hard that they don't want to let the guy beside them down. And that's when good teams become great and so a lot of the product that you're seeing on the ice i firmly believe is the chemistry that's being developed off the ice between these guys and the leadership in the room so you got to give credit to to this because success i've been in a lot of nhl locker rooms and if you guys are not together and on the same page in the locker room and you have some friction in there it's going to spill over onto the ice and you're going to have problems but this team has has fully bought into everything that the coaching staff wants them to do. And that's that's to me uh, credit to all the guys and the leadership and the development of the players. And that's that's why you're getting this kind of success.
0: Well, I, I remember at the end of last season when multiple players said this is the most fun I've ever had playing hockey. And I don't usually believe much of the platitudes you hear in press conferences as a journalist. I'm trained not to. There's more to it than that. <laughs> But when you hear multiple players say the same thing, and, they all, and whether they were Panthers that had been there for a while or guys that had came in a week earlier or two weeks earlier, that's when you kind of said, okay, there's something here. There, there's, there is something there there. And, you know, that's what kind of happened last year where they exploded. Everybody's like, this is fun, this is enjoyable. And to go through what they went through earlier in the year with Joel Quenville having to resign, to continue to power through that and not really change at all, is is pretty remarkable because I thought, you know, the X factor was having one of the best coaches of all time. And now he had to leave for obvious reasons and not much has changed. So that's the strength as you say of everybody willing to pull together. I think the other thing about this team is its depth is just incredible. For years, this team had no depth two years ago or three years ago. uh, Time is a fake concept at this point. Uh, They were playing defenseman at forward because they didn't like the depth they had at forward. And it worked on a night, but it didn't work overall. And now this team can miss almost anybody in their lineup, and it really seems like it doesn't matter. No matter who's available, they're just able to keep pushing on. And that's another thing that I never thought that you could see a team this deep in the league. Not just with the top nine that they could throw out ideally, but the fact that they could go 16-17 deep. And this was even before the trade deadline. And that is a huge change that's happened in a couple of years.
1: Yeah, that's what's happened, too, and what you have to look at this year, and this is why they went out and got Giroux and got Sherrod, is they've been able to assemble these pieces. And the salaries of Hubro and Barkoff are good. Barkoff extension kicks in next year. The Hubro likely extension that he's going to get is going to kick in the year after that. And then you got players like Wieger, Marchment, all other kind of guys that you're going to have to sign. And you're going to have to get into salary cap issues and you're going to have to restructure your team. This is why the window this year is so big and the opportunities so big for this team. And that's why they've been able to assemble the the depth and they they have it. And you've got, got guys that can play all over the lineup. But this, to me, what you're looking at it this year for the Panthers, you might never see this again, ever with a team and just the way that it, they worked and uh bill zito has been able to work that magic but the way the salaries are constructed this year you've been able to to push and go forward and add that depth and that's why they have the four lines and that's why they got drew the trade deadline that's why they got shirat because they had the flexibility this year you've seen what happened with tampa bay winning back-to-back stanley cups and kucherov coming in now they have some they had to have restructure their whole third line. That's going to start to happen with this Panther group over the next couple of years. That's why this year in the playoffs are so important because they've been able to go out and make these moves and have the depth that they, they have at this point. So if you look at this team, like I, I'm, I'm dead serious on this. This assembly of talent that you have this year is probably the greatest and best around the NHL and maybe one of the best assembled teams that the Panthers will ever, ever ice in their history. It's just plain and simple that way. And that's, that's why there's so much to me. It's, it's a good pressure, but there is a pressure on this team to have success in the playoffs.
0: And I, You're right. I think that that's why you go for it this year, because you know, it's not going to be quite this good. Now, obviously I think they're still going to be very good for many years to come, but the salary cap means you might not get to be the like pinnacle in the way that they've been this year at the absolute tip top. And you're absolutely right about that. Now, because you're also on NHL network and the hosts on NHL network are going to ask you at some point, how do you stop this team? And they're going to play really good teams in the playoffs in the first round. It doesn't matter when they play them. They're going to play really good teams. They'll have a chance to beat them. So when the, when the hosts on NHL network or your co-analysts ask you, how do you beat the Panthers in a seven game series? As much as you don't want that to happen, what would you tell them is the best way to beat the Panthers in a seven-game series? The
1: one issue the Panthers have is when they get in problems because they like that that free style. They're prone to giveaways, and they they're second in the league and give give the most giveaways. It's but that's just just kind of leads to to what they do. But if you get after the Panthers and you are able to create those turnovers, put pressure on the defensemen, and get some chances, the Panthers when They've lost some games this year. It's been about the puck management. And uh, when teams come after them and they get physical, you have to be physical against the Panthers. You have to be able to get in it because if you just let them freewheel and go, then you're going to have absolutely no chance. So if you go in there, you got to be able uh, to play the body. Stay out of the penalty box. You don't want to take penalties. And, if you and the Panthers, they they can be undisciplined as far as going to the penalty box at times. So this Panther team, that's uh, one area of concern for me is when they get in the playoffs. How disciplined are we? We saw it last year with some problems. Sam Bennett with the hit and getting suspended for the one game, kind of kind of hurt us in that playoff series. So it, to me, if you're you're going to beat the Panthers, you have to play a really physical edge style. You have to be able to create some turnovers. You have to have the gap, the gap control on the forwards. If you if you force the Panthers to dump the puck in a lot, and you're able to control the middle of the ice, that's not what they want to do. They want to gain entry into the offensive zone, have that blue line, and then start to create. When they have to, when you mut- are able to really kind of muddle up that middle of the ice and force them to dump the puck in a lot, and make them work and get after it, that's probably your best chance. But they, they even when you play it that way they can dump the puck in get the puck retrievals and still be pretty, pretty good at it. So if I was just saying, how do you, how do you do it? Is that you just got to take away time and space as much as possible. And you got to get phenomenal goal, a goaltender, a goaltender is going to, you're going to see good goalies, but the goaltender is going to have to stand on the head against the Panthers. He's you're going to have to have a. If you're going to beat them in a seven-game series, the goalie's going to have to be lights out on the other side. There's no way, no way around that. They, just get too, they create too many chances every game. So those are the things. If you can create the turnovers and giveaways, your physical and your goaltender stands on your head, that would be the only way, in my opinion, you beat the Panthers.
0: Well, it's interesting because last year, even though you talked about discipline issues, Vasilevsky was insane in that series. He was, and he yep. might have been the only goalie that could have beaten the Panthers in that series because they were the better team five-on-five, five, even with all that happened. Uh, I want to talk about Panthers goaltending in a second, but the thing that I think about, and I want to run this by you, is when the Panthers are in motion, when they're moving, and they do all the things that they do, whether it be the offensive zone or the defensive zone, when they're always moving, it's really hard to stop them because that team's really, really good with all those players as the fluidity is there, the interchanging is there. It makes it really hard to track that. The one thing that I find that this team struggles with is if you get them to stand around and not move very much, which is why I think at times their power play has struggled, that's when this team has to react, can't react in the same way, they have to think a little bit more, and it's not an instantaneous reaction when you know, you're know you putting all these players that have great chemistry and they're able to move and switch around and it just causes so many lapses defensively, but when you get this team, if you can cycle against them and it's hard. Like, they're not as good, like, in those situations where I think it's got one-on-one defending, right? Like, they've got some guys who can get burned in that way, not just with the turnovers. But to me, I think if you can find a way to get the Panthers to stand still a little bit, that's where I think you're able to get at them. And that's hard because you have to establish a forecheck and cycle them, which is not going to be easy to do. But there are going to be teams in the playoffs that can do it. And if you can do that, I think you could get the Panthers to scramble around a little bit. Does that make sense? Yeah, that does make sense. You have to slow the game down
1: as much as possible. You want you want to slow it down. You and it's uh, the puck possession. The puck possession. Panthers are the best puck possession team in the NHL by like, quite a wide margin. So you got to find a way to stem that and keep the puck on your stick. And as you're right, for the other teams, if you want to play the Panthers and cut down the best defense against them is having that good offense and spending time in the offensive zone and working against them, but it's just incredibly tough to do with the Panthers' ability to move the puck, get out of the zone. So we'll see if a, a team can do that against the Panthers. There is some concern, too, for me, with this power play grouping, how how it's it's been sporadic all year with the power play for the Panthers. It's kind of gone in and out. It's been hot, and then it's been kind of cold. They draw a lot of penalties. They get a ton of power play opportunities, but how does it hold up? You're going to need critical goals on the power play in the playoffs. So I'm, that's, that's an area that they're going to have to go for. And then I talked about goaltending that is to the, if you're pointing at the Panthers, does, does the goaltending hold up? We played three goaltenders in the first round against Tampa Bay. That can't happen. If it's Bobrovsky, he's, he's going to have to be the man and he's going to have to make the saves. So the goaltending is going to be critically important because you can't give up bad goals. In the playoffs, one bad goal in a game can can cost you. So your goaltender's going to have to be sharp. And they're playing Spencer Knight a lot now, which gives me... I know Babrowski got hit in the face, and there might be some minor issues there. But the way that Spencer Knight has played and tracking, there's some pressure on Babrowski when he gets into the net and down the stretch here to perform and make sure he's the number one netminder when they go in the playoffs. Because I believe Spencer Knight is making a good hard push to maybe give the coaching staff some consideration that maybe Spencer Knight might be the guy that they roll out there. So the goaltending is going to have to be solved and figured out here in the last 20 games. And whoever starts in net that first game of the playoffs, they're going to have to be rock solid because you don't win the Stanley Cup without good goaltending. That's the bottom line. And it wasn't good enough last year. You're right. Vasilevsky was better than Bobrovsky and Knight and Draeger and all the goaltenders that we rolled out there. So the Panthers' goaltending is going to have to be better this year in the playoffs.
0: To me, I think the biggest key in the goaltending is, and I've said it on this show, I thought the goaltending was managed badly last year in the playoffs. I think they pulled Bobrovsky too early after game one. I didn't think that that loss was his fault. And once you pull that card, you can't really do it again unless you're in the situation where the Panthers were, where they were desperate and they had to. And they had to do it multiple times. And at that point, you're chasing your own shadow and you can't win. If you keep doing that, they don't have three goalies this year. They obviously only have two, but to me, I think the key is there's going to be a moment in some point, whether it be the first, second, like however far they go, where the coaching staff's going to have to know when the moment is right to make a goalie change. And it's going to happen. Stanley Cup champions have had this happen, obviously. Uh, and unless you're basically Andre Vasilevsky or Igor Sterkin, you're probably not going to have this happen. But what is the moment? And do they make the right decision in that moment to make a goalie change? Because once you make that change, you can't go back in, in a given yeah. strength of a series. You know, maybe it happens if you win and you move on. But in the middle of a series, if it's 2-1, you're losing, and let's say Bobrovsky has a bad game, do, does the coaching staff have the pulse to know, okay, now is the time to put in Spencer Knight or the reverse? You know, yeah. if that's happening. That, to me, is the biggest key in a playoff series, or one of, is do they know when that moment is and do they get that moment right cuz if you do you can write it out but if you don't you have something that happens like last year yeah let's hope
1: we don't get to that point whoever starts in the playoffs and is the the guy that you're going to roll with he to me even if it gets down to a stretch your goaltender you you need the one guy. It's just it, it. I've seen it work with Matt Murray and marc Andre Fleury in Pittsburgh, where they split some duties. Matt Murray was injured, and they played kind of half and half throughout. But you look at the end of every Stanley Cup final, and the consummate for the playoff MVP award, there is always one player, and then usually a goaltender in the conversation. That that happens every year. It's either going to be this player going to win the MVP, or the goalie of the the team that won. So if you look and you get into it, you, to me, if you win a Stanley Cup and you're rotating, if, you're, if the Panthers are rotating goaltenders in and out and having decisions to make, and one guy doesn't take the ball and run with it, then you're probably not going to win the Stanley Cup. It's just it's going to be that way. So whoever gets you through, unless there, there might be a bad game here and you might heavy schedule, maybe you throw. Spencer Knight or Vabrowski, whoever in for a game or something here or there. But uh, for the most part, you you, you want your starter to roll and go all the way throughout the playoffs. It's just happened over the course of history that whether (laughs) it rarely works with a two goal goaltender tandem system. So whoever starts the playoffs is the guy that I want finishing the playoffs because that means he played great made the key saves at the right time and helped your team to win a Stanley Cup final. So whoever that guy is, when they roll out there for Game 1, the coaching staff and everyone is believing that that's the guy that's going to lead us to the promised land no matter what.
0: It's, it's a good point, but I, as I said, like I think there's going to be a moment where decisions like that are going to have to be made uh, because it, even with the good teams, it has happened. In Chicago in 2015, it happened, and they wrote it out, but you, you never know what can happen in the series. Uh, as, we almo- as we're almost done here, I want to talk about that power play. Just get back to a second. They tried five forwards and it didn't quite work. I think the chemistry is not there yet. And obviously if Akblad's back, it's a little different. Uh, so So if he's back, then you kind of know what the alignment's going to look like. But for you, let's just say he's not for the time being. Like, What is the ideal power play setup for you? Because they scored on one when they, when they put back Uyghur in uh, last night. And I don't think it had anything to do with it. It was just one of those things where you give the Panthers too many powers, they're going to score on one eventually. But what do you you think is that ideal alignment that can get the most out of a power play? Because when you think about a team that is as talented as this one is, they should be a little bit better on the power play than they've been.
1: I'd, I'd go with the five forwards for a while to see how it works. It's something that's out there. And they got a good analytics staff and they've rolled through all this kind of stuff. So go with the five forwards for five, six games, see what it looks like. And also and late in games or in the second half of games, if it's close and you don't want to give up a shorthanded goal, then you play McKenzie Weger back there. Weger deserves a shot to go to quarterback a power play. He puts up good numbers at even strength. He's never had a chance to really play the power play and given time back there. So you also got to give McKenzie Weger an extended look on the power play as far as quarterbacking it. So those are a couple of options, but when the Panthers power play, It's about zone entries and then puck movement. When they, you talked about stagnant, they're stagnant with the puck sometimes and they hang on to the puck on the power play and it's easy to read. They got to get it zipping around with all this talent and moving as quickly as possible in the offensive zone and get the penalty killers running around. If you're not able to do that and they're able to attack you, then you're not going to have much success. But when they've had success, to me, even you look at the second unit, it's been shots from either Huberto on that strong side of his or back to the point with Ekblad. And traffic in front. A lot of times, even on the second unit, Hornquist has been in front. Reinhardt's been in front. So to me, power play success really boils down to having a guy committed to be a net front presence, screening the goaltender and getting shots. And then the, the passing. you got to move the puck quickly. So they have to have that constant screen in net and cause problems. Because... To me, when I look back and they've had Hornquist in front and when Reinhardt's been able to commit and stay in front of the goaltender, that's when they've had power play success is more of a basic, simple power play. When you get all this talent on the ice, maybe they get throwing it around too much, trying to make that perfect play, make that perfect pass. It doesn't have to be perfect. You get a shooting lane, you take it, and then you just got get bodies to the net and crash the net. Uh, that's how power plays work. So. I'm interested to, to see how it shakes out here with, with all these guys moving forward. But you've got to be able to, to get shots on net and just have a guy there that's willing. You look around the league and have that real net front's presence. Because the Panthers, if you look at some of the other teams like Ovechkin and a Stamkos and a Pasternak in Boston, they have elite one-timers uh, that can really shoot. The Panthers don't have a guy. Declare shoots it pretty good. And they had Hoffman, but they don't have an, a, a guy with an elite one-timer that can bomb, bombard the puck off the flanks. So they don't have that flank option as far as having that big-time big-time power play one-timer shot. So to me, it's about puck movement and having having guys in front.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of that. I, I find Weger's story interesting because for a lot of years, Aaron Eckblad couldn't get onto the top power play, and he can obviously run one really well. So it kind of feels like Weger's in that, that same spot. And you're also – right on the one-timer. I think Anthony Duclair kind of has that, but if Ekblad's back, the ideal power play one doesn't necessarily include Anthony Duclair. So there's a lot of machinations to that. I also think one of the things that they're doing with a five-forward power play is they're putting it on tape so teams have to scheme for it, even if they might not actually see it, because they did five forwards in the playoffs last year and it worked a little bit. I want to get you out of here on this, Billy. Obviously, we could talk about the Panthers all day. But the last thing is, uh, for you, is there one team in the playoffs, we know who the eight in the East are, is there one team in the playoffs that matches up better with the Panthers relative to the others? They're all really good. You're going to have to go through them at some point. I think, obviously, we all think it's Tampa. But to me, I think the way Boston's playing, if they had to play them in the first round, that would be really tough. Because they defend extremely well. And the Panthers, you know, if they get going, obviously, it's hard to stop them. But you could frustrate them a little bit. And I think there might not be a better team in the playoffs that could frustrate them than the Bruins. So, is there one team that matches up better with the Panthers compared to others?
1: Yeah, Boston 6 0, but they still, the third and fourth lines in Boston still don't have the depth of the Panthers.
0: So, uh, so the Panthers
1: win that. The third and fourth lines are better. Jeremy Swayman's been a revelation in net coming out of the University of Maine. He's, they signed Allmark uh the big ticket there to kind of take over but it's been jeremy swayman that's been the guy and he's been terrific so if he was able to stand on his head Hampus lindholm's a big addition to boston on the blue line they needed someone to play alongside mcavoy and add depth to the the defense they got a they got a team bruce cassidy is a good coach they can grind it out play hard yeah that would that would be a tough series but still if i look down the roster and i went match up for match up uh, i still give the panthers a pretty good edge in that series you look at some of the other teams toronto is a team that's run and gun and I, I believe the panthers would be able we'll see panthers got three games left against Toronto. so we'll see we'll, we'll get a really good look of what that playoff series might look look like in in these last 20 games when the panthers played the least three times but the leafs With their 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 defensive lapses, their goaltending issues that they have, that's a series that the Leafs wouldn't match up very well. So Boston would be a team that uh, could match up well against the Panthers. And if it stands now, you'd be playing the Capitals in the first round, uh, Washington. So interesting, you get Ovechkin and an aging group of Capital team, and to me, that would be the best first round matchup to go against the Capitals. They're an older group that's kind of aging out, and their two their goaltenders, to me, are average at best. So there's teams, Tampa, Tampa and Boston are the two teams If you, that I looked at. Even the Penguins would be a tough series. So the three teams in the East that would concern me would be Tampa, Boston, and Pittsburgh. The other teams, the Panthers, to me, have more depth, more talent throughout, and would be able – to to get through those series. So we'll see what it takes. But to me, if you want to, if you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. And that means probably going through Tampa Bay at some point.
0: (laughs) Well, that's, that's, that's the idea. I said it before the season. I said, if you're a neutral, you want the Panthers and lightning to play and the Panthers to be the one to deny the lightning, the three Pete, I still think Carolina would obviously be tough. And, and yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think in long-term Panthers fans will be like, Oh, Ovechkin in the Southeast division was brutal. So, you know, there, there's, there's the memories of that. But uh, we'll, we'll, see in, we'll see in six weeks. It's, and it'll get here before you know. Thank you, Billy, again for coming on, giving us the insight as always. And enjoy the rest of the season. And we'll talk down the line.
1: I appreciate it very much. Yeah, I look forward to the playoffs. It's going to be exciting. So uh, it's going to be rocking the building. We're, we got some life. we got some juice back. we got some national intention. So everyone, get out. It's been fun. Thanks for having me on. And enjoy the ride.